How you guys doing? Chini Maji family. It's your host, Mark Karaki. Excited to be bringing you yet another episode of the podcast. This week, I had the privilege of sitting down with Mr. Wilberforce Seguton, co-founder at Ubunifu Technologies. A unique story, as they all are. Uh, Mr. Seguton grew up in the, in the African, in the country, moved to the city to pursue his education, then check this out, moved back to the country to co-found a tech startup. A couple of reasons why they stand out. They are the only... Uh, startup that I have talked to, African startup that has over 3,000 international customers. You got to hear about that. And they are the only uh, local Kenyan startup who I have talked to who have been able to raise venture capital from a local investment firm. Back in the day when Centum was dabbling in startup investing, they put some money into the company. So this is a great story of a genuine African founder and his story. So I'm sure you'll enjoy the podcast. What is your particular path to entrepreneurship, Wilberforce? You know, were you, or did you come out of the womb, you know, you know, selling Mindy on the side of the road? Or how did you, <laughs> were you one of those people in, in school who was, you know, uh, selling tropicals and, 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 and <laughs> what do you call those, ball gums? How did you end up being, as, a, as, as thinking that you can become an entrepreneur? What's the story? What's your genesis to, to founding Bonifu Technologies? Let's start there. Um, yeah. And then we can you can tell us as as you do that you can also tell us what Bonifu Technologies is is about uh, as well. Well, uh, thank you very much, Mark, for that question. Uh, maybe I'll introduce myself. Um, Wilbur yeah, Fosse I'm the CEO and co-founder at Bonifu, and it's good for you to know what Bonifu is all about. Uh, Bonifu is a, is a software company. We were founded uh, back way back in 2014. And our primary job was to provide solutions for businesses, uh, software automation and productivity tools for, for businesses. And uh, we've been doing this for a while now as a startup, uh, about uh, almost six, seven years now. And uh, we have a host of products that uh, we provide, uh, majorly, uh, mostly productivity tools for businesses and, and developers. And uh, maybe before I talk more about Bonifu, it's good to know that uh, the journey of entrepreneurship is not um, is not very straightforward. Uh, and this is coming to, yeah, it's <laughs> coming to your question now that you asked. And like for my case, uh, how I ended up being here. Uh, first of all, I'll, I'll, I'll go way, way back to the village uh, when we were growing up. And uh, mm-hmm. in the, when we were growing up, we were mostly exposed to... Um, peasant and farming we were actually uh, people who are doing farming my parents used to have cattle and we, mm-hmm. we would be the ones who would take care of the cattle so i think the first mm-hmm. entrepreneurship starts mm-hmm. at the family so uh, at, the, at the end of the day you have that those uh, cattle at home that you're taking mm-hmm. care of and then they're going to pay for your school fees and then they're going to buy for what are going to use at home uh, and then they're going to be used for other things. So uh, the milk that comes from the cow is being sold. So you could see the entrepreneurship begins not just in the classroom or after college, it, it goes way back to the villages. Mm-hmm. But again, at the villages, the mindset may not be exactly what the world needs right now, but mm-hmm. there is actually a bit of entrepreneurship going on, but not right. exactly structured in any way. So mm-hmm. I would say it began in those days, although I was unconscious at that time. I didn't know that this is actually entrepreneurship. I just knew that this is just work to be done, money to be gotten here and there by parents. Parents mm-hmm. are now the are like the bank. You, you are just like the a banker working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, with time I grew up, I went to primary school, college. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, high school, and I I, I studied mostly in up in up countries. So I'm not a city boy like you, Mark. I think Mark, you grew up in the city. <laughs> I, I don't. I, 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 I did grow up in the city, and and unfortunately, depending on depending on which group I'm talking to, it's unfortunate. Sometimes it's fortunate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so I'm a from the ground up at the villages down there. You're a man of the soil. You you came up from the roots of the. Of the African soil, eh? all the way up to now where you are. That's fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, what I will say is that uh, after college, I realized that um, there's actually more than just the normal things we do for our parents. There's more to be explored out there. And mm-hmm. I chose to do a, a course, a course in, in IT, uh, mm-hmm. in IT majorly. And at, at that time, uh, 
the lot of learning that needed to be done in software and other things. And uh, for me in high school, I wasn't really entrepreneurial at all. I, in fact, the thought of selling things in school was not even there completely. Mm-hmm. I used to have, I used to have some other guys who used to do that. They used to sell us some some of these uh, cakes, some of these njugu and these other mm-hmm. things in high school. But I was just a consumer. I wasn't really an, an entrepreneur. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Probably I'll say I was applying that philosophy of saying that before you become a leader, you have to be a follower. So mm-hmm. I was probably trying to observe what they are doing and learning and things like those. But I wouldn't say I began with a, a clear entrepreneurial entre, entrepreneurship mindset. I did not have mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But then uh, when I got to college, is when I began now thinking of ideas. And uh, mm-hmm. we had so many ideas in college and we were inspired by... By the 208, 209, uh, mm-hmm. the, the global economic crash, which happened. Mm-hmm. And then during that time, is when we also saw companies coming up with innovations. At that time, the, we were seeing the, the rise of uh, smartphones, the first smartphones coming out. The likes of iPhone came out. There was Android idios coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was a lot of innovation happening around that mm-hmm. time. Then there was the MPESA also happening at that time in Kenya. Uh, the first mm-hmm. transactions were beginning to happen. Mm-hmm. And being in the being in the innovation space, then you saw that uh, there's actually a gap in technology. There's a there, there's actually a need that needs to be fulfilled to make technology more accessible to more people. And mm-hmm. that's when and that's now we get more ideas of solving problems. So for me, I would say uh, my journey for entrepreneurship began by the problem solving perspective. We are seeing mm-hmm. a problem that mm-hmm. is there. And trying mm-hmm. to use technology to solve that problem, but before that, I wasn't really entrepreneur at all. Uh, but yeah. when I saw that uh, there there are opportunities, that there are more opportunities within the technology industry, and and there are more problems to be solved, that, that's when I began. Now that was a trigger for me. I began now thinking, uh, what what can be done to solve these problems, connectivity mm-hmm. issues, uh, software application issues, mm-hmm. and so in twenty. I think around 2010, uh, 2011, we had our first idea. Mm-hmm. And then our first idea was, uh, was uh, how, how can you collect lost IDs and have, have a central place where people can come and access it? And I remember at that time, we even went to Costa <laughs> Kenya, up on GPO, we went to GPO mm-hmm. there to even pitch the idea. But at that time, when the space was very was in is in his infancy. You approach a corporate, you tell them this is an idea that can work. Then you actually dismiss. I told them, but you probably need to go and do more research about it and come back, blah blah blah, things like those. So there was no framework of 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 uh, of accommodating ideas at that time. So we went back. Uh, I remember build, building a site which can allow guys to upload uh, their IDs there and lost and found items, hosting it mm-hmm. there with my friend mm-hmm. Kate, with, mm-hmm. who is my co-founder right now. Mm-hmm. But then after a year plus, the idea just died like that. Okay. And, uh, so, yeah, so let me ask you a question. Yeah. So, so the, the idea was, okay so, hey, okay, so if I find a lost ID, I upload yeah. it on the, on the site. Exactly, and then you would would actually tag would actually tag where that ID is, so that when somebody comes and searches, let's say you are in GPO and you lost your ID mm-hmm. around that area, mm-hmm. so the poster was supposed to be the collection point of lost IDs, and mm-hmm. and not just IDs, only even documents. You've you've heard mm-hmm. of cases whereby there are guys who come from a country, they come and. Uh, looking for work in the system, then you actually forget your document somewhere. Then you are mm-hmm. you are wondering where would I get these documents. So the idea was anything which is lost that's valuable can be taken to a central place or somewhere which can be found and then they are tagged. They're actually identified. Then if anybody is online and they're looking for that thing, they just need to come and verify it. It belongs to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it didn't really work properly uh, and uh, the idea didn't really get to see the light of day uh, mm-hmm. in, in, I would say in a big scale it was just a prototype and then it ended there yeah. did, you, did you ever get even a one user? I mean it's, 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 it sounds like an interesting idea if I lose something I can go to this lost and found site I can search to see if it's been uploaded which indicates that it's at the place I can go pick it up because now yes. somebody has basically taking the step of taking it there or and yeah. and, 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 and putting it into the <laughs> it's it's actually a very interesting one right uh a lost yeah. and found 
library with a yes. physical pickup location. It's, it's interesting. Absolutely. It was in, at that time it was interesting. We didn't get any user. Mm-hmm. Mostly they were, they were mostly our friends and family members. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's where you gotta start, man. <laughs> yeah, so uh-huh. we didn't really go outside that and uh I also we didn't understand really how to build businesses at that time. We didn't understand mm-hmm. marketing, we didn't understand the connection, how to mm-hmm. uh meet people who can help you to advance the idea and things like those. Yeah. Yeah. So we just so ended up. The idea, yeah, it's always a challenge, right? I mean, yeah. the idea in your mind makes sense, but how actually to get it into users' hands to where it's yeah. actually working is a whole other matter. Yeah, it's a whole different thing, and that speaks about the the issue of uh, many youth actually thinking that uh, the idea could be worth millions uh, even before they begin doing anything. Uh, ideas are just uh, ideas. They are they are mm. not they are not really uh, a million dollar ideas because there are so many every day there are so many ideas coming up for people's mind. So mm. uh, for many young people, well, an idea is good, if, especially if you have good concepts around it. But I think the execution bit is actually equally very important. Yeah. Mm. So many if you have a good idea, uh, don't shy away from sharing it. Uh, using the proper channels so that you can be helped uh, to yeah. nurture it and, and even to grow it even more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I always, say, many... I always say, yeah. I always say, people always say, hey, you, you know, people are, you know, somebody stole my idea. You know, I, I always say, man, I have a, I have a store full of ideas. You want to come and pick some? <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a store over here. You want some ideas? I've stolen many. They are here in the cupboard. You want to come and take some? I give you three ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think there's there's still a space of stolen ideas, but I think that the issue is how how you structure how you structuring your idea properly. Uh, it's execution. Have you done some work on the idea such that at least by the time you're showing somebody, there's a there's a plan about about that idea it can be executed. But if it's just an idea on your mouth or your head, then really there's <laughs> nothing there. Actually, it's just anybody can just say, "I have I had this idea before." Yeah. <laughs> exactly, with no proof or anything. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, so how did so you go from from that? Uh, you know. Uh, you you put something out, lost and found platform. Then what next, right? Clearly, it, it was it was maybe it was an idea before before its time. I will be nice and say that. But uh, what where did you go from there? So from there, we actually with my friend Keith. Actually, we, we everyone went there with their way. Keith continued his engineering study. I graduated from 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 campus at that time. Then I went looking for a job. Uh, I began volunteering for a. Uh, a, a system administration, a system company in uh, in Nairobi West, there doing Linux administration, mm-hmm. just doing what I what what I studied a bit, yeah, doing Linux systems, uh, the likes of Fedora systems, configuring them and, and stuff like that. After that, I I went to Westlands again. I worked for a company doing web design and development for about a year and a half. And then after that, I went to another company in uh, in Upper Hill. I did UX UI for about about one, about two years doing UX UI uh, and front end development for the company. But there was actually a, a common denominator when I was doing all these things. Uh, there was always a passion for wanting to be free, a bit of freedom. Uh, I also also wanted to go and pursue my own ideas that I had at the time. You see the the the, ex, the experience I had initially about the initial idea uh, of failure uh, kept burning inside me, and uh, there was a motivation to actually go and try something else new, uh, completely. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. it was in twenty thirteen, at the end of twenty thirteen, is when I I I left my job that that UX UI job. I didn't I didn't continue, and then I went now up country. Yeah, I couldn't survive in survive in Nairobi without a job. You know, uh, Nairobi is very expensive. In you can't be here. The farm of stones. Ro- farm, farm, ro- what do you call it? 
farm of rocks. You gotta, you gotta. <laughs> it's very hard to, to to grow anything in, in Nairobi. That's that's yeah, the Let's case. Let's say it's a rocky patch of land where you have to really till hard. If, if, <laughs> if, if you don't have the tools, then you you gotta get out of the kitchen and and go somewhere else. <laughs> right, right, right. Where yeah. the land is more soft, <laughs> more well, Yeah. Exactly, yeah, and and, and that's, that that meant me now go to a country. I went actually, but I went back home. I went back to my parents at home, and uh, mm-hmm. first of all, they were shocked. Hey, you guy, but how come they're coming from Nairobi? Where are the opportunities? Yes. And then they're coming what, what's back. What's wrong with you? <laughs> what's wrong with you? What's going on? <laughs> mm-hmm. But thankfully, by the way, they were very accommodative. I told them that uh, uh, my friends. Now, now I, I had actually two my my two my my two other co-founders already in up country and uh mm-hmm. they finished campus but they didn't actually one finished campus went up country to begin the idea mm-hmm. then the other one was still in campus mm-hmm. so the idea had begun there we, we had begun company registration and began thinking about the idea of what we're going to do together mm-hmm. and uh so but we didn't have the capital we didn't have the money to to execute were, were you just exploring were you just exploring ideas or had you found something that you were like suckling suckling on we had actually found something and uh the, the idea was to build an, an antivirus yeah a software okay. antivirus okay. for, for very, very for, ambitious for the whole continent for, for the whole africa by the way so we are that ambitious and we were inspired by the likes of steve jobs at the time and uh, bill gates with uh, microsoft so we were thinking we were in campus, then we had uh, we had issues of of, of um, uh, documents disappearing, your project being eaten by viruses, uh, your computer being crushed by viruses, and at that time Windows was still very vulnerable. Buggy. By the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unlike unlike nowadays where Windows is a bit more stable and. Uh, you barely see those issues that, that that were there at that time. And I think the kids of 2000 will be wondering, what are you talking about? We don't yeah. see viruses nowadays so much. Yeah, viruses, but, I haven't even had that, that term in a long time. It's so crazy. <laughs> so crazy, by the way. Yeah. Our, our times have changed. Yeah, so uh, at that time, it was a serious thing, by the way. Even corporates used to struggle with law firms who even call us and tell us, I uh, our legal documents have been eaten by viruses. All of them. How, how can we? How can we restore them? them. Mm. Yeah, recover them. Yeah. So uh, we now had a, a prototype of what you call a, a scan engine. We had, uh, my colleague, my colleague who was uh, who was still in, he had to go to campus. He was very talented. He's now our CTO. Mm. He's called Kim. So he, he already built a. a a prototype of, of, of a scan engine which can actually help to de- detect viruses mm-hmm. and that scan engine would actually work in, in fact there are some uh, corporates which we help them uh, to recover their files using that engine oh, wow. so mm-hmm. so at that time there were small law firms just uh, maybe a law firm with the uh, with, with 10 clients or something like that uh, in these small towns so we used to go and help them clean their computers uh, mm-hmm. uh, and then we'd use some of that scan engine to clean the, the viruses that that had the computer and even some schools by the way mm-hmm. so that idea actually burned inside me and then I went and joined my colleagues there mm-hmm. then we began, we began setting up now the idea we began uh, building uh the the the, the UX UI. So I use my experience that I got now to design a very good UX UI for the antivirus. Mm-hmm. Uh, build build a website for it. Uh, we went now ahead and now started uh, send, sending out the free trials out there. Mm-hmm. And then the idea picked up. Many people actually began wondering oh, who are these people who are trying to create an antivirus. In fact, the idea even went beyond Kenya. We had some Russians mm-hmm. contact, contacting us and telling us, "I." How comes oh, wow. you guys are building building an antivirus? What are you guys trying to do? Which scan engine are you using? Which heuristic engine are you using? Uh, wow. Which which signatures are you using to 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 to, to do the de- the detection and things like those? Mm. Yeah, then we actually we actually realized that there is a potential here, so we even scaled our activities further. Uh, we began mm-hmm. building what you call an anti malware. Mm-hmm. So anti malware is not really a, a full antivirus. It's probably as a, just a scan engine and uh, and beyond that, 
that that should be it. But an antivirus now has the scan engine, it has the heuristics, it can it can even do online scanning and things like those. So we scaled further in 2013, 2014, we, we, we managed now to build a fully fledged antivirus uh, for Africa. But the problem is uh, people are very suspicious in Africa when they realize that you've done something which uh, is not expected in this region. Right. Uh, they think that, uh, <laughs> Who are you to build something that I should use? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, so some some people did celebrate us. Even the county at that time, well, they celebrated us. By the way, mm. uh, but many people are in doubt. They, 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 we even had some uh, some some white people. I don't know. I don't. I don't recall the county where which 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 which, which that person came from. So they even thought that we are using voodoo. We are using witchcraft. I don't know. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> was 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 the antivirus that good? I mean, you have Russians reaching out to you, and Russians yeah. are really good uh, at, yeah. at at software and, and 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 just engineering. That's that to me is a, is a signal that you guys had built something differentiated, man. Like. It's amazing. So somebody was thinking that you guys are using voodoo because it was too good to for you guys to have come up with this. That's hilarious. How, how, how did that conversation go? So um, uh, we 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 just communicated with them. Uh, just told them what we do. Of course, we didn't disclose what how we built our engines and 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 the heuristics. Uh, but we just gave them a, a framework of how we did that. Uh, of course, they. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say we were really good as much, uh, mm. but you know, from this side of the continent, uh, or from Europe looking towards Africa, it's more of a perception problem. They, they, have, right. they know they know Africa is a place of poverty, problems. a place of disease, problems, wars, and things like that. So when they hear something positive like that, they start wondering, is that really real or is just, well, are yeah. they just talking? Yeah. Mm. We even had, actually, we even had some other guys in Zambia, uh, contacting us and apparently in Zambia the actually guys are trying to build the same thing. So mm-hmm. we had a competitor in Zambia of mm-hmm. some campus guys trying to do the same thing at that time by then. So meaning the problem was actually widespread in the continent. Right. Right. Yeah. So we did build that that that, that software and then uh, the county recognized us by the way uh, they tried to initiate uh, buying of the product uh, here and there, but of course there are others bureaucracies or standards. So we had to go to cabs again and and and, and make sure that the product is 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 uh is follows the standards that are there. But when we went there again, there are no standards for software again. So we had to now work with them to see how we can now lay the standards for that uh, innovation. Uh, in the end, we didn't really see through the the process. So we tried to sell in different places. We got some sales here and there, but they couldn't be. They weren't. They weren't enough to sustain the business at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let me so ask you this: got... How how are you guys funding yourself at this time? What how are you guys funding the whole operation? So funding was majorly bootstrapping. We were depending on family and friends. In fact, some mm-hmm. of the furniture that we received were from an NGO which was leaving the county, my county at that mm-hmm. time, uh, my county, mm-hmm. which is even like, uh, my county right now. So they were leaving the county. It, it was after the 2013 election, so they no longer needed to use those furniture. So they gave us uh, friends, also gave us donations. Uh, we had our families giving us some money, a few goods mm-hmm. here and there. Were, uh, some few goods were sold here and there. They were given the money. <laughs> Man, you are raiding the, the, the family, the family stock to keep the, the business going. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think they bought into the idea because they are really enthusiastic uh, about mm. what we are doing. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did they understand it? What What is it that got them excited about virus software? I mean, these are farmers. Was it what was the thing? Was it the, the being recognized by the county? <laughs> you know, because obviously traditional African. You know, or even just older generation, they struggle to understand technology. How, how do they connect the value well, that you're doing? Well, well, I think first of all is the more it's more of the perception that you're doing the right thing. When they say they see you with a laptop and they see you are doing your things, uh, first of all they believe that you're really doing something big because for them they don't know what it is that you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> they wanted to they, they want to see a physical product. By the way, you want to see right. something tangible. <laughs> but your insurance is actually. Everything is inside this cup box here. Yeah, they, they don't understand, but I think I think it was more of a faith thing for them more than anything mm-hmm. else. They really believe that mm-hmm. I probably are doing a good thing. You've gone to school, you learn these things, and you're doing something 
positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when the county now recognizes us, is when now they believe even more that actually these guys are doing a good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. since from there, uh, you try to sell the, the, the virus, you know, the business was not sustainable based on. Um, I guess it sounds to me that you had something that had market demand. What was the missing link? So the missing link was the trust uh, when you when you go to the to the customers and 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 and, and try and pitch the product, they will actually know the global brands. They know the Kaspersky's of this world. They, they know the Northern mm. of this world. Right. So when you bring your product there, it's a very foreign product. Their their the awareness of it was a bit low. Uh, the name, the name was actually local. A local Bonifu is a Kiswahili name, by the way, right, meaning right, to innovate. Right. Was local, so that there was distrust now, and uh, mm-hmm. people couldn't believe that actually this like this Kenyan thing is good, is good enough, like the ones uh, from the west. And uh, a perception problem was there at that time, so it, it didn't really. How, how many customer conversations that. did you have when you when you look back? How many how many customer <clears> conversations <throat> did you have? Uh, trying to sell the product a lot i'll say a lot we we went to the counties we spoke with the it uh managers of the counties at that time of different we went to wasingishi county barigo county we even came to, we now came to nairobi now after we got some funding a uh, funding and in nairobi what we did we we hired sales people we hired sales people mm-hmm. to to move even to cyber, cyber cafes in town to, to install them, at least a copy and, and have, have our poster there. So we tried, we tried it as much as possible to reach out to as many people as we as we could. Uh, but unfortunately, I, I, I think the uptake didn't really, didn't really materialize as much. Yeah, I see. And then you said you, you just mentioned you, you you got some funding enough to hire salespeople. Yeah, tell, yeah. tell us about that. What what type of funding yeah. did you get from where? How much? So we went to. A program by we, we actually still up country at that time by the way so there was a program by, by center entrepreneurship program they used to run mm-hmm. that program uh, a while back uh, through the center foundation so we applied for that program back in 20, 2014 and 2015 and then we were actually taken in for the program so we went through the boot camp uh, for about uh, two months uh, we were taught about now the the nuances of the big city and how uh, entrepreneurs are operating here. Then we learned about it. We, we now even learned how to pitch to investors, mm-hmm. by the way. And we actually pitched it to the investment board of, of the company. Mm-hmm. And uh, thankfully, they actually upgraded our, our pitch. We, mm-hmm. we actually funded. I may not discuss how much they gave us at that time. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it was a good seed investment. If you think of seed 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 investment, then then I think you have a picture of what seed amount. What well, you know, seed you know, amount the, the, is, yeah. the reality is things have changed, my friend. Things have changed drastically. Yeah. In terms of the the seed rounds now here in our market are around uh, between one point five and two million dollars. So let me let me give you a frame. <laughs> let me give you a frame. Think think of seed rounds in 2015, 2015. 2014, 2015, then now we get your answer now. Got it. Yeah. It was was under 200,000, I'm sure. Absolutely. 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 And and you see, you already have the right frame now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So now we got the investment. Now we began putting effort on the product again. We began marketing. We reached out to corporate in Nairobi and its environment. We reached out to uh, schools. And let me tell you something. Also, we 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 even had global deals with uh, with some companies in, in India uh, mm-hmm. to to actually sell that product to some states in India. Uh, mm-hmm. We we sent one of our guy to Nigeria. We 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 had, we had a Nigerian who came to Kenya uh, who was doing a lot of IT stuff. So we mm-hmm. struck a deal with him. We went to Nigeria. Uh, we also pitched there. We, we, so we had so, sort of like a partnership with that company in Nigeria so, so they can be the resellers there. Right. Try that for, for, for about a few months down the line. Again, the results are not very optimal. So what, what you realize from that process is that uh, as we're innovating also, then uh, Windows was also maturing. Yeah. So ah, so so so, okay. so, the, so the problem the, was disappearing. <laughs> so so the problem was fully but slowly disappearing. And we actually launched like in twenty in two eight. If you launched at that time in two eight, probably would have had a large, 
larger market share in the continent yeah but uh because we were a bit late in the market then we we didn't really take off very quickly and, and i think that's a lesson for many entrepreneurs uh, i think timing is a very important thing as you yes, are going yes. your entrepreneurship uh, journey if you miss out on the timing uh, then i think you might actually be uh, a bit too late into the mm. business for example right now uh fintech is as already has reached its peak yeah right. so if you are now right. if you are getting in if you are getting in right now then you might be, be you might be picking the breadcrumbs yeah, of, of what other guys have eaten so you, you got to either come up with a very novel idea when you're late or just do something different altogether mm, uh, right. or, and okay, i think uh, what can what can actually uh, what can actually create new opportunities when when technology evolves Right? like for example cryptocurrencies and blockchain yeah. so now that creates a whole new set of uh, opportunities that the incumbents uh, are already invested in the old technology so they have to learn the new technology which is very difficult so there's always new opportunity it's yeah. just to your point it's it's really about the timing is about a number of things right like where are you in a, which tech cycle are you going to ride yeah uh, you got to look at all those things right is there a new innovation on the on the horizon that you can actually uh, leverage to 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 go to the next level so okay so so how did what did you guys evolve to now so you've got this antivirus it's kind of it's a diminishing market space microsoft is is blocking all the all the loopholes in the in the operating system now yeah. now what 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 did you guys from you've already taken funding i'm i'm sure that was what was that experience like you've taken funding and the product is not moving out the door. What was your mindset like? What was that experience like? How did you guys deal with that? Well, of course, it's frustrating. Uh, you get frustrated, not just for yourself, but for the, even for the investor, there is a frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, there is actually a need to uh, now look forward. Uh, I think the best thing of being an mm-hmm. entrepreneur is not to dwell in the past, is not to dwell on on the failures that you, you you've gotten yourself into because eventually you you're, you're going to get some failures here and there right uh, but uh, the, the 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 lesson was now we need to to go a different direction and uh, mm-hmm. we we actually tried out to pivot to other things uh, but thankfully uh, by the way uh, I can say that be- even before the antivirus thing we had we had about 50 ideas which, which we, had, we had prototypes on so you also had a store of ideas in the back. <laughs> yes, yes, we had a store of ideas. You know that the problem with ideas is you, you don't have time for all of them. You don't have yeah. time for all of them. Yeah. yeah, you can only have time for one idea at a time, or even two sometimes when you are, when you try so much. And and right. if you even do if you even do, do two ideas, then one is gonna fail anyway at some point right. along right. along the way. Mm-hmm. So the beauty is we had a. An ERP for schools. We were now mm-hmm. in the school school industry, uh, so mm-hmm. again we pushed that ERP for schools. We had built for one school back in the in the village there to automate mm-hmm. their accounting and how how they do things in the library. So mm-hmm. we 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 matured that idea there mm-hmm. and made made it a uh, a very good stable product. Then we sold it we sold it now. So that helped us to keep the lights on uh, mm-hmm. for some time. But then realize that, that that space has so many people. Yeah, when when yeah. you go to a school, you try to pitch the product, they tell you, "Oh, you're already using this product from this company." So, right. uh, well, how, how different how different is yours? Uh, right. What are the features? Then there was a whole conversation that we had to go through again to destroy somebody else who is already there. And then, of mm-hmm. course, you know, schools are very bureaucratic. If you don't right. speak to the, speak to the principal right properly. Ah, <laughs> if the principal doesn't like you, it doesn't matter how good your product is, right? No, master, you are, you are thrown out. In fact, they prefer to use a, a less superior software because they know the person who gave them, and probably they are also benefiting benefiting from that system every every month, every year. I don't know, but uh, that's all the bureaucracy is like. <laughs> right, right, okay. So the, the, those are those, those are now things which I call the challenges beyond beyond innovation. Uh, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. people problems the everyday dealing with uh with bureaucracies and uh systems that are there that have been put by mm-hmm. people uh Culture. things cultures mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 the nuances of the ecosystem and the society mm-hmm. those are things mm-hmm. which you can't escape by the way at some point you, you can't you, 
you will face them head on and, and then you, have to, you have to know it's how like, to deal with them. It's like gravity, man. It's, it's always yeah. there. <laughs> At some point. Always there. <laughs> always there. Always there. Otherwise, you'll be, uh, you'll be in mass, maybe floating around uh, there doing other things. <laughs> right. So let anyway, me ask you, so did you, yeah. did you stop did you stop the antivirus development cold and move to the ERP system? How did you manage that transition? So by by 2017, we had known that uh, this thing is not going to succeed. And uh, okay, okay, there's a phrase in in entrepreneurship which which you call them which you call actually uh, killing your product. So mm-hmm. that means you taking a sword and actually literally killing the product. Yeah. Right, right. So uh, we stopped actually in 2017 working on it completely. Uh, we just archived the code and everything else, and then we now focused on uh, on two ideas. So while we were while we were building the Javiras, uh, we realized that we really have very good UX UI uh, skills. We mm-hmm. build very good front end uh, for products. And then also we had tools that we had used to build the Javiras over time. So we had accumulated mm-hmm. them uh, somewhere. Mm-hmm. So uh, our, our CTO began posting videos on YouTube, uh, showing showing some very nice UIs and nice UX of of of, of, of softwares. And then uh, what we realized is that uh, with time, people are commenting on the comment section that where can I get those tools you've used? I like the UX. Uh, where can I get that button? Where where can I get that? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, that input box that you've used? How can I style it properly to look like that? And then we realized, ah, it's possible actually to sell these tools to people. So mm-hmm. that's how we now started building what you call uh, Bonifu UI tools. At that time, mm-hmm. they were called Bonifu Dev tools. So mm-hmm. the idea there was to help developers not to spend a lot of time maybe doing some uh, repeated things like styling a, a form is, is something which you shouldn't be, be spending time on. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe styling a button to look like there you'd want to. Uh, it should not mm-hmm. be something which you always spend a lot of time on. So mm-hmm. we released now those tools to the public. Uh, w- what we did first is that we put a pre-order page uh, on, mm-hmm. online and asked guys, mm-hmm. okay, if you guys are really serious about this thing, then make your pre-order on this mm-hmm. on this page no website just a page with a form mm-hmm. you fill mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and then uh when the product is out then we'll we'll let you know so that you can so buy like a, so basically the, the original wait list the, the first few the, the, it was a wait list. yes it was like mm-hmm. a wait list actually mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. amazingly uh after um after a month mm-hmm. we had over 1000 pre-orders oh what did yeah. you did were you were you advertising the price also no price, just pre-order, just pre-order. We, 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 <laughs> okay. we, 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 so, so we, so we didn't really know that these are genuine people. They just ah, okay. people yeah. to our right. But, but, but the fact is, we had proven a, a concept that uh, this, mm. this, this, this. There this was some demand. Was, there was some type yes. of demand. You just didn't understand the quality of the demand. Absolutely. So uh, then, after the, then, that was a validation we needed. So we began working on the website. Uh, the devs. Be, we now began working the tools, putting packaging it well properly. Then we had our first uh, version, version 1.0. Hmm. Uh, it released, I, I even remember the date that we released that version 1.0. Hmm. It was on May 31st, 2016. Oh, I, remember wow. us, I remember us working at, all the way until 12 at midnight. Uh-huh. So he only released the product. And that single day, that same day, we had about four orders. Oh wow! So, Congratulations, that's yeah. awesome. So that was no, wait, so, but, you already, but wait a minute, you already had a thousand orders. Did you yeah. have four sales? I'm a four trans. Oh, sorry, I'll say we had four sales at that day. Yeah, mm-hmm. Four, mm-hmm. first four sales. So that was the first money we made on the internet. Now, uh, people, somebody mm-hmm. buying from nowhere, and, uh, mm-hmm. and where were and the looked- orders coming from geographically? Where were the orders? So coming from? Ge- geographically, mm-hmm. we had uh, another from from the US, like two from mm-hmm. the US, then some were mm-hmm. from Europe, but none was mm-hmm. African. Interesting. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Amazingly, amazingly. <laughs> yeah. And that yeah. trend still goes on to today, actually. Most, most, of, most of our customers are not uh, on the continent. They are mm-hmm. uh, in other continents, mostly Europe and America, yeah. So how many customers do you have now, right, total? Uh, so far, we, we have close to over 3,000 customers from different countries. Yeah, we, are, we also have uh, 
of our 10,000 guys who are still on the pipeline, uh, mm-hmm. still coming. Uh, yeah, and mostly the and, corporates and individuals. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic. And and, and yeah. so what is it? What is it that uh, what's? I, I guess this is so cool. Uh, what? How do you sell a product, and how do they consume it? Is it cloud? Is it download? What, what's how? So, what's, what's the delivery mode here? So so the the the, the delivery is via um, a package. You see the way you download uh, a software package. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. most developers will understand it. But basically, is let, let me just call it in layman terms is a download. Yeah, okay. so somebody will actually go and pay for the product. Then now they use their 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 development environments to download it as a package to the mm-hmm. to their dev environment. Then now they're able to access the tools. Yeah, they can now use mm-hmm. it on their on their dev environment. Yeah, and it's sold per user, right? One license per user per download, so to speak. Well, we have different plans. We have mm-hmm. uh, plans for individuals, single okay. developer licenses. Mm-hmm. We also have uh, plans for small teams, then large mm-hmm. teams, and then you have enterprise plans as well. So depending on, on, on who, you, who, who you are serving, then you can deliver the right product to them. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Man, and this is purely organic, bottoms up, you know, purely or- coming to you guys. Purely organic, bottoms up. You see, bottoms up has been misused a lot these days, so you have to be careful what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about it from, from the tech go-to-market strategy, right? In Absolutely. Of, yeah, so top, top down is when you have a sales team selling at the CIO and the CTO level, they go to the corporate yeah. and they try and sell yeah. as a top down go-to-market yeah. strategy. Bottoms yeah. up is people are just pulling the product into companies. Developers are just ordering. And they are starting to use it even within an organization. Um, is that what's happening in your case? Yeah. Before I say it is yeah, yes or no, I think you should be hired by a section of the political. Uh, oh, political... Why, 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 why are you trying to throw me to the dogs, man? <laughs> no, good, because, uh, because you have a good explanation of what bottom up is, and then you need to also help them to get that explanation correctly. So you should, you should be hired as a consultant. <laughs> Ah man, I've got other things to do, as you know. But anyway, so <laughs> so that is that, that is the way now. That is the that's correct. We it's more of a developer driven product, and mm-hmm. uh, we use mostly uh, videos to showcase to developers as as a as a mm-hmm. as a marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. Show them the examples. Show them how it works. A very practical way of marketing. So you don't go and sponsor ads annually. You try and target the where the developers are and one of the ways we, we do that also is we help uh we help sponsor conferences at uh, the developer mm-hmm. conferences conferences in uh in, in, which are global by the way like last year we mm-hmm. did one with uh, microsoft mm-hmm. it's called um .NET conference so that's where mm-hmm. you meet a lot of developers from all over the world and they begin now appreciating what you are doing uh, so slowly by slowly. But I would say that uh, it's still early days because our product is still not uh, to the standard of, of what what I would say the guys are competing it uh, with have. Uh, we, we are still very much in the early stages of, of, uh, of maturing and just the product. To give, yeah. And just to give the audience some context, who are, what... Who are your quote-unquote maybe complementers or competitors? Or what are you guys like out there that is much more maybe well-known, right? Is it a developer framework, design framework? What What is it that you guys, what is Bonifu uh, do? Okay, I would say Bonifu is, uh, just think of productivity. Don't think of anything else beyond that. Just think of how okay. you can be productive. Because I think I'll also let you know about other products we have, not just that. Um, mm-hmm. our, our mission is to make people to be more productive at the end of the day. And, if and when you say people, not, you mean developers, right? Mostly developers? Not, not just developers. Developers are just part of the people using mm. technology to mm. be productive. And uh, mm. they're the daily uh, wanjikus and the daily people who uh, do their stuff. <laughs> how, how, how can we make them be more productive? And uh, I'll give an example of our other product. It's called Bonifu uh, mm. Go. So mm. the Go app that we have is... Uh, is targeting schools and uh, mm-hmm. the idea there is these are schools which have buses and uh, mm-hmm. ferrying students uh, from home and to school and uh, we had that 
idea uh, how can we help our parents to be at ease when their kids are going to are going to school and uh, to be at ease when they're going back home. So mm-hmm. what we did is that we did, we had this idea that uh, we can help them by making sure that uh, they get notified when their kid gets to school and, and when they get home by a text message or by an, an app. And also, if you are a, a, a school, how do you make sure that the, your buses are efficient? So uh, are your people uh, doing their job properly? Are the students safe in the bus? So we brought in a, a bit of accountability uh, in the school transportation and with, an, with that go up, which allows our parents and uh, students to uh, uh, to, to have uh, a clear communication when there is when they will transit and then there's safety also when they will transit. You can account actually for students who are in a particular bus and uh, you can track the bus, you can uh, monitor what is going on. Uh, parents can get SMS about their child's uh, situation and stuff like that. So you see that's something that talks to pro- pro- productivity. How can you make guys uh, be more productive and efficient and, that, and that's what Bonifi is all about how can we make the world a better place using te- using technology yeah it's interesting i mean you have you sound like you have a very healthy product right yeah that 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 has demand that is growing organically yeah. why would you start something else that's completely in a different area and diffuse your focus are you guys uh What's the commonality here? Why, why, why did you feel the need to do that product when you could have focused well, your efforts on this and grown this, this, this opportunity? I think, I think, first of all, it's survival. Uh, survival is, is, is one of the key things that you as an entrepreneur needs to have in mind because mm. the people, the people who, are, who succeed in entrepreneurship are the guys who can survive the, long, the longest. Yeah. Right, so right. if you can stay in the game the longest, then you have a higher chance of succeeding. And if you look at even most of these companies which uh, are successful, like even the Teslas, the the Microsoft, the Apple, if you go and read their story uh, and interrogate properly, you realize that how they survived was very important. By the time they right. go to get getting an iPhone, there was a period of of making sure that the company doesn't collapse and fades away right. completely. Right. Right. So and I think even during the lockdown and these corona things when they when they happened, uh, there was actually a shock on many businesses that actually uh, if you have this one thing probably we might go down very easily and so right. you could see when Uber itself they had to even have these Uber Eats they had to mm-hmm. go and uh, and even launch things which they didn't really think they would be doing uh, like even two years before lockdowns but now they are doing it so at the end of the day. Uh, for any entrepreneur, they got to call being practical. So you have to be very practical as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Whenever you see that there's a danger ahead and you need to survive, then you have to have something else which can help you to, to survive. I would say that was a motivation. But the second thing was actually solving a problem. Going back mm-hmm. to the philosophy that we have, that we, we are here to make things more efficient and more productive. I would say that mm-hmm. was the secondary thing about that. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I would say this about the... The developer tools product is that uh, it's unpredictable in terms of income. Uh, you mm-hmm. never know when these guys are going to come and, and buy the product. Yes, you do have your, your recurring customers, but they, they may not be sufficient for you to run the business. So once in a while, uh, they, there are shocks on the revenue. And uh, so how do, you, how do you absorb those shocks that are on the revenue? So you need to have something else running. For the school mm-hmm. products, in fact, du- during the lockdown period, there was zero revenue completely from that side. Right. Yeah. Right. So now, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's like flying a plane with one wing. So if this one right. wing fails, mm-hmm. then you are you headed to the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that was the motivation. Yeah. Got it. Makes sense. Makes total sense. Um, yeah, you got to figure out a way to kind of keep the lights on and keep things moving yeah. and keep things going. Mm-hmm. And let's, as we wrap up here, you know, just a uh, final question for you, final couple of questions for you. So, where do you see the future of your product or Bunifu, especially the, 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 the productivity suite uh, on, the, on the developer side? Do you see, what do you see ahead? Well, I think what I see ahead is um, UX UI is here to stay for a very long time. And uh, one of the areas which uh, I even see that there are opportunities is in the, crypto, the cryptocurrency space. 
uh, the UX UI there is improving by the day. I remember the first time when I, I, I used Bitcoin was back in 2015. That's when I actually, I actually saw how it works and I realized that if you may even make a mistake somewhere, then you are done. You, know, you, you don't get what you are doing. So I think the future of, 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 of um, this uh, industry is that as long as there is technology uh, uh, happening, then it has to be there. And for it, mm-hmm. and it, it being there, then it, it means that there has to be improvements on the kind of software that is coming out. Uh, Mark and Reason say that software is eating the world. And that's a fact, actually. Every day, software is encroaching to areas where we didn't think it would get into. For example, mm-hmm. uh, we thought that a driver uh, would need a software to, to get a client. Nobody thought mm-hmm. about that before. Mm-hmm. Uber is now here. So who knows? We, when we get into things like virtual reality, things mm-hmm. like um, uh, VR and AR learning, things like uh, virtual classrooms, uh, virtual things, virtual games, virtual assets like the NFTs you're talking about right now, there, there'll be need for a technology which can help bring that uh, those complex ideas closer to the people in a much easier way they can understand. And that's where we now come in and help people to uh, to use or interact with technology in a much easier way. Yeah, so I think the future is, is bright and uh, our vision is to now be a global brand. Uh, we want mm-hmm. to compete globally. And you asked about our competitors. Yes, they are there. These are companies which have been there since 1997. So I can imagine you've been there since when I was in primary school. But now I'm, yeah. I, have to, I have to compete with you now. Right. So what does that tell you? <laughs> it tells you that uh, there is a potential, but you have to be patient and uh, build a global brand. Because uh, we are in the era of uh, globalization. And uh, in uh, somebody who is in Peru, in fact, we do have, we do have some some customers from Chile actually. I don't, I don't even know where Chile is, but you have you have somebody who is buying a product in that country. So you have to think of yourself as a global brand, and uh, you never know you might succeed uh, and even get partners who can, who can help you to succeed even more further. Yeah. Fantastic. I love it. I love the fact that you're building from, you know, Africa and most of your customers are international. That is just yeah. so exciting. That's that's what excites me about technology and the opportunities that we have. On the yeah. continent for people to start from the bottom bottoms up again and actually go global bottoms and that's up. that's 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 really exciting anyway Sebuton, it's awesome connecting with you uh, having this conversation we need to do a part two and, and talk a little bit more in detail about uh you know uh where you guys are going and where you see opportunities because i think it's a very topical thing uh, yeah so thanks for taking the time to be on the podcast Thank you very much as well for the opportunity. I can say that you are really doing a great job to just share stories. You never know whom, whom you're going to touch. You might touch, on, touch somebody who is going to reference what you, what you are doing at some point in the future. So keep doing what you are doing. Thank you for the opportunity. And uh, for the part two, I'm ready. Once you are ready, just let me know. I'll be happy to be, to be back here at Chinyamaji Podcast. Because I myself am Chinyamaji. <laughs> <laughs> You're in your environment. <laughs> yes, yes. Awesome. All right, yeah. cheers.